Welcome, welcome, my friends. That's right, another exciting edition of At Your Service here on a beautiful, wet, nasty, gross outside Thursday night. Coming to you from mid-America here in St. Louis, it's KMOX's At Your Service. My name is Greg Damon, and we're going to have some fun tonight. Actually, we're going we're to make a little serious show tonight. That's right. You know, we kind of... We kind of kind of goof off a little bit and stuff like that. Well, we're actually going to make a little serious and stuff, a little serious show tonight. We've got some great guests that are going to be here in studio with us, and we're going to talk on all sorts of different topics. And let me just kind of throw them out there. First, we're going to talk in the eight o'clock hour. We're going to talk uh, mental health issues, uh, really kind of coming to the forefront. Uh, I've got some uh, really great person in here. And then in the nine o'clock hour, we're going to talk about social media, the good and the bad of social media. And in the 8 o'clock hour, Carrie McKnight, she's a licensed clinical social worker, a psychotherapist, and co-director of West County Behavioral Health. She's joined us in studio, and also in the 9 o'clock hour, Guy Danhoff from uh, Missouri Baptist University. He's the assistant professor of management and entrepreneurship, and he's going to join us and talk about social media. But let's get to the matter at hand. Carrie McKnight joins us here in studio. Carrie, thanks for coming down to the show tonight on this on this beautiful evening. Yeah, it was gorgeous, right? No, thank you so much, Greg, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about mental health, something I'm super passionate about. So Absolutely. Thanks. Well, uh, you know, as as I read your title, obviously uh, you deal with this every on an everyday basis. You know, for me, uh, being an old guy that I am, it, it, it seems like you know, mental health, I don't want to say mental health issues, but it seems like it's being more prominent. You know, people are talking about it more, kind of realizing, hey, you know what? Everybody needs a little help. Let's face it. Depression is one of the biggest things that we see throughout the throughout every uh, everybody. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are, what your race is. It, it affects everybody, uh, especially the pandemic that we went through. A lot of job things are different, all sorts of stuff. And it's really kind of coming out like, hey, you know what? People need help. People need to talk to somebody. People may need medication. People may need stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, mental health has always been a big issue. It's been a big problem. I think in years past, it was not talked about as much as it is now. And the pandemic, um, you know, it was interesting for so many reasons. But, you know, I think the isolation, the loss of resources that people had, you know, both in terms of financial, in terms of ways to cope, um, you know, the uncertainty, I think all these things just accumulated together and um, and really contributed to these skyrocketing anxiety rates and depression rates. No, sure. absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, when I, when I was younger, though, it's like, shut up, boy, get back into it and just suck it up. And this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, it seems like it's come to the forefront. We see a lot more commercials on TV touting, uh, and I'll just say touting drugs for depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and, and things like that. Um, where I think, obviously you would know better than I do, I, you know, if, if that's something people need or, but at least it's opening up dialogue to go like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes I don't feel so well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, the, the pandemic, you know, brought all these things to a head, but you know, the, I would say the silver lining is that it's made, it's taken away the stigma with mental health. I feel like, you know, um, it's funny, like the teenagers now, they're talking about their therapist, like they talk about, 
you know, who's your hairdresser? They talk about who's your therapist and stuff like that. It's just kind of commonplace. It's normal. Um, and so that's a really, really good thing. We want to see the stigma taken away so that people feel like they can get help. No, absolutely. You know, it's, it's kind of funny that uh, I was talking to my wife about that, that, you know, I look at, I look at myself, uh, you know, older, uh, don't, I mean, I have friends, but it's not like, you know, I'm going out and hanging out with my buddies like I used to before I was married or anything like that. And it's really kind of tough to be able to talk to people and, hey, you know what? We have pent up issues and, and things like that. And it's kind of it's kind of tough to release that. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking to a therapist. I mean, sometimes people just come in and, you know, after one session and they say just being able to get that off my chest, just being able to talk about that. You know, that makes such a big difference before we even really get into the work. Right. Well, for me, it'd be like Tony Soprano seeing his therapist. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to make light of that. But uh, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break real quick. We'll come back into it and, and dive into it a little bit more. Sure. I've got, look at this, look at all the questions I've written for you. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you're, you're going to, I'm going to grill you all night tonight. All right, cool. All right, folks, this is KMOX is at your service. Carrie McKnight, she's in the house, and we're talking a little bit of mental health. Stick around, more to come at your service. Welcome back, everyone. 816 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight here at KMOX's At Your Service. Matt Pajeski, our crack producer, kicking out the jams tonight. Although, you better get some Ted Nugent in a little bit later. That's all I'm going to say, <laughs> Matt. Anyway, hey, folks, welcome back to the show. We are talking uh, mental health and uh, Carrie McKnight. She's a psychotherapist and co-director of West County Behavioral Health, also a licensed clinical social worker, has been kind enough to uh, join us actually in studio tonight and uh, just kind of dispelling some myths and, and helping everybody out. Carrie, again, thanks for coming down and hanging out with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, not a lot of fun. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, obviously, and I'm, I'm just touching on life experiences, you know, but hey, being a parent... I, I had kids late in life being a parent. I'll tell you what, that's tough. And that, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a lot of mental anguish uh, for parents with today's kids. I think it's completely changed from when I was a kid. Uh, kids have a lot more pressures on them. Therefore, I think a lot of parents have a lot more pressures on them. 100%. Yeah, parenting, I mean, man, it's hard, right? It's, I have, yeah, I, I don't have, want to be an adult anymore. Yeah, I have a, they're, they're grown now. I have a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old daughter, but... Yeah, so I've been doing this parenting teen thing with so many of my clients and, and, and walking that with them, and it's tough. Um, you know, it's tough for so many reasons, right? The rules are constantly changing. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, the, it's interesting you mentioned it's, it's different, right, than when, when you were growing up. The pendulum has really swung in terms of parenting. Um, I feel like when we were kids, our parents would, you know, basically say, we joke about it, right, come in when the light the light right. comes on, right? Like that's when you, you know, and we would just be out there playing and having fun. And my um, dad used to whistle and I yeah. had to be home when he whistled. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that was sort of the mentality. Um, we were, you know, much more independent. And then this generation of parents, I feel like, um, you know, we've been sort of the culture has changed and we feel like we've got to be right on top of everything with our kids. The world is more dangerous. Everything is dangerous. And so um, I think that pendulum swing has um, left us as parents, you know, overestimating the risks and underestimating our kids' ability to cope. Right. No, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I think back of, you know, when I was younger than the ages of my kids and, 
and what I did and, and where I went. And, uh, you know, today, I man, I, I wouldn't allow them to do that because, you know, I wasn't Mr. Safety right. for sure. So, right. um, but I think being a parent, I mean, obviously the pressure's on the kids, but, you know, you want to do good by your kids. You want to you want to make right. your kids be better than what you did. You're, be, you know, uh, I have it easier, have it better than what you did. Not that I had a bad childhood, but you know I wanted to make sure that they're that they're taken care of and they're good and 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 everything else. That's right, you know. And above all else, I think as parents, we feel like it's our job to protect our kids. Right. And we all want to protect our kids. We want to protect them, you know, from everything. You know, when they're little, we just want to keep them that way forever, and it, it gets harder and harder. And um, you know, I think we find ourselves getting in trouble too as parents when we try to protect them from failure. That's been right. a big, you know, that's been a big deal. Um, we see that quite a bit in my practice. Um, you know, it's it's tough to let your kids fail. It's really, really tough. Exactly. But it is imperative. It's imperative to let your kids learn how to fail. So many kids are out there holding their breath, you know, just waiting to mess up. They're so scared of it and their anxiety is so high. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay. And so as parents, I feel like that's one of the big messages we we have to work on giving our kids. But I think, you know, as as I look back, you talk about failing. It's like I don't I don't want my kids to fail like I failed. You know, I want them to, to have the to have the knowledge and to be better than what I did. Right. And and I think for parents that's also a, a big thing. You know, we don't want your kids to fail, but we don't want to let your kids down either. No, I mean that's true. I guess I just, you know, I think it's important for us to teach them how to fail when the stakes are smaller so that when they get bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. The, so, yeah, I mean, I think an example is like letting your kids learn to manage their academics, for example, you know, when they're in high school. Let that become theirs. It's not yours. Let that become theirs. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm paying for that, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I've had this conversation with so many parents, but it's like, listen, if you let them learn to manage it, you know, take away the safety net. Um, if they know you care more than them, they know you care more than them. Right. right? Exactly. I, you know, I think for, for me, you know, showing up and knowing that, Hey, I am there no matter what I'm there, whether you talk to me, whether you explain to me, but you know that I got your back. Right. And that's what I really try to do with my kids. Yeah. And you know, it, it, and you're right. I mean, we don't want our kids to fail, but we want them to learn how to navigate this stuff and learn how to, I don't know, be okay when they do fail because it's going to happen to all of us. It happens to all of us. Hey, the world's a tough place. I, I told my both my boys, it's like, hey, you know, life's not fair. Uh, my son Daniel came home and was talking about something, and he's like, well, you know, that happened, and it was just not fair. I'm like, hey, guess what? Life's not fair. No. When, you, when you get out of school and you have a job, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's tough, and you're going to have a boss that may be yelling at you, and you may have expectations that you're really working hard to meet, and, it, and you don't meet them, and, you know, things happen. Yeah. It's a tough place. So it's very tough. Sometimes you got to buckle up, Buttercup. We got to teach them to, you know, learn how to deal with the toughness. Right. And, um, you know, there's a really good book out there. Um, I I recommend this to all of the parents that I work with. Um, It's called How to Raise an Adult. It's uh, by Julie Lithcote Hames. It's a complicated name to spell, but yeah, Julie Lithcote Hames. And she um, writes this book and it's How to Raise an Adult. And it is, it's just a phenomenal book for every parent. And it talks about all this stuff. So I recommend that to every parent. Well, you know, you hear a lot of parents, uh, especially 
first-time parents are like, hey, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, it, it, how do I make it, how do I know it's right? How do I know that I'm doing it correctly? You, you know, you can, it's, it's trial and error, just like anything else in the world. And you just try to make, you just try to make your family the best that you possibly can do. That's right. And you know what, as parents, you're going to mess up too. You're going to have failures too. And I think it's important. We show our kids, you know what, we're human. We mess up. We say we're sorry. We own our mistakes. And like, that modeling of that is so huge for our kids. I, I agree. I agree 100 percent with that, because there's times that, uh, you know, I've told my kids that one thing and something else happened. I'm like, hey, look, I'm sorry. That's me. That's on me. I'm the one that messed up on that, you know, but we're going to correct it and we're going to get it taken care of. Admit your mistakes. Own yourself. You know, I used to coach football. One of my big thing was I, hold, I, I tried to hold all the kids accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you're going to do later in life. Uh, I coach the offensive line. It's like, you have to be accountable. You let somebody by, you got to be accountable for that. And I, and I think that's one of the things you have that, that a lot of parents don't really do. Yeah, no, I agree. Accountability is a tough one for a lot of parents. Accountability and showing up is a tough one for a lot of parents. That's for sure. Um, well now let's just go on the other side and, and talk about your kids. I think kids today obviously have a lot more pressure on them than, than certainly when I was a kid. I mean, with academics, uh, especially with athletics today, um, the social media, you know, it's not like, uh, as you were talking about, hey, we just go out with the neighborhood kids and, and play all day and just play a variety of different stuff. You know, they, they really can't do that today. Yeah. The pressures are, you know, so, so incredibly high. I mean, they're just so incredibly high for, for kids and teens these days. And, yeah, sure. So, I mean, social media is a big part of that, right? I mean, all of us um, – we scroll our way through, you know, everybody's perfect lives, right? Everybody's, I mean, they look perfect. These, these filtered images that, you know, uh, their kid just got this scholarship. Their kid just did this. Right. They just went on this vacation. I mean, every, everybody's lives look perfect. And our kids see that. We see that, right? No one is immune to that. And it, it does take a toll on people. And it does, you know, um, create this culture of perfectionism. Like keeping up with the Joneses. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's really tough. Well, do you think uh, so? Obviously, as I said, you know, kids today, especially school wise, I mean, they are way smarter than than I am today. You know, just in even junior high, high school, the 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 stuff that they're taking, math, they're taking the science, they take things like that. I think they're way smarter than they were when I was a kid. Yeah, I agree. I think they are way smarter. The expectation is for them to be way smarter. The standards are for them to be way smarter. Um, You know, I think that's, I mean, there's good and bad to that, right? Like, you know, push the kids and challenge them and find better ways to teach them. But, you know, it's also really tough because these, I see so many high school kids who come in and they just feel like they are not measuring up. Right. Right. They feel like I have to, you know, I have to get this score on my ACT and I, I have every advantage, right? My parents give me this and they give me this. So why am I not accomplishing this? And they just, they, they, they get, you know, so hard on themselves and I have to have everything figured out. I have to get into this college and I have to know what I want to do. And I have to have all this figured out before I graduate high school. And that's just crazy. It's it's extremely crazy. We, uh, uh, my son plays on the football team in, in high school, and one of his, uh, the, the senior, um, he had 19 different offers from schools mm-hmm. to come. I mean, and he's also very smart. So uh, had 19 different offers. And the pressure on him to, to choose one of these is the best best fit for him. I mean, I talked to his dad, 
many times he's like, look, I, I can't really help him. I mean, it's got to be a choice that he's got to make himself. And I mean, he was, it, it, it really, it really took a toll on him. Yeah. These kids, I mean, they come into my, my office and they're just paralyzed. They're just absolutely paralyzed. You know, they're supposed to be, you know, they, they, they just feel like they have to have it all figured out and they, they, they just don't. I, I tell them that all the time. Like you don't have to have anything figured out yet. This is the time to figure things out and explore, right? You don't have to have everything navigated for you right now. Do you think that uh, a lot of parents just don't let their kids be kids sometimes? Um, I think it's easy for parents to lose sight of that. Um, yes, I think. I mean, because parents want, like you said earlier, they want what's best for their kids. And it's very easy to get caught up in, you know, the achievements defining themselves as successful parents, right? If my kid's achieving this, if they're getting this grade point average, if they got into this college, you know, whatever it is, that label makes the parents sometimes feel like, okay, check, I've done my job, I've done it well. And where's the mental health in all of that? So do you think that's more self-gratification for the parent on something like that? I mean, I think it can turn into that for some parents. I mean, for some parents, I mean, We all know the parents who are, you know, living through their child, like getting their own ego needs met that way. Why are you looking at me when you say that? (laughs) No, No, I'm just saying. But I think that, you know, yes, that can be the case. But I just think parents can get lost in, you know, looking for some sort of yardstick, some sort of measure, some sort of, you know, tangible thing to say, hey, my kid is okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing a good job. Now, I'll just kind of, we're going to take a break here in just a second, but I just want to kind of expound on on that parent, as you said, kind of living through their kids. Do you think it's because maybe parents don't have, I don't want to say not as many friends as what they used to, or do more social things with their friends because they could leave their kids at home because they could, you know, drop their kids off here or they could all be at one place and that's really not the norm anymore? You know, I think the reasons for that can be really complicated, um, but I, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, every parent just wants to feel like they're doing a good job. And it's, you know, those sorts of things make it easy to to say, oh, I'm doing a good job, right? Um, it's like those markers. And I, yeah, I mean, um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, unmet needs from their own childhood. You know, there's all sure, sorts no. of things, right? It's so, there's so many, you know, factors that can go into that for, for, for different parents. But yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Carrie, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about depression. I think that's a big issue that uh, that many folks suffer from. They may not know it or they may just not talk about it as well. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Fantastic. We're in the studio. We're visiting with Carrie McKnight. She's a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist and co-director of West County Behavioral Health. You're listening to KMOX is at your service on a beautiful, rainy, wet, ugly Thursday night. My name is Greg Damon. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. 834 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Of course, you're listening to KMOX. This is KMOX is at your service. My name is Greg Damon, and we're talking a little mental health tonight. Carrie McKnight, she's a psychotherapist and co-director of West County Behavioral Health, also a licensed clinical social worker. And Carrie, again, thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on uh, At Your Service tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. How do you get such a big title? I don't get that. (laughs) Licensed clinical social worker. It's a mouthful, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. See, I just want Greg Damon, lotto winner. That's what I want. That would be nice, That would be That'd be really nice. People would never see me again. (laughs) 
don't blame that's you. For sure. Anyway, that's a whole other subject for a different show. But, Carrie, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I want to talk a little about uh, depression. I think it's uh, something that everybody goes through. I don't care if you're a child, a teenager, an adult, a uh, parent. It seems like it, you know, it goes through a lot of stuff. Maybe, you, you know, you, you're depressed about uh, just, all, just society today, just being an adult. Yeah. And, um, and, and as you were kind of talking off air, you also talked about you think anxiety is right there with it as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, you know, the two most common issues I see people for in my practice are anxiety and depression, right? They're the most common mental health issues that people struggle with. And, um, you know, they, they can become very connected, right? Because um, a lot of times we see people who maybe initially started with anxiety, you know, struggles with anxiety, long-term anxiety that's untreated, um, it can turn into depression, you know, based on, you know, what happens in the brain there. So um, I'm always th- looking at, you know, people when they come in and, and looking at, um, you know, obviously assessing for both anxiety and depression and among other things. But um, one of the biggest reasons that people end up feeling anxious, I think, is um, holding in their feelings, holding in their emotions and not just, you know, big traumas or big, big feelings that they have have had or things that they've encountered. I feel like, hey, you know, just, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but, you know, being being an, an, an older man. I mean, that's what we were taught. Hey, we don't talk about feelings. You know, you go, right. you do your job, you provide for your family and you get things done. That's what you do. We don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about things that you're worried about. You know, you keep a, a smile on your face and and your family doesn't know anything. That's right. That toxic masculinity, right? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. I mean, for men in particular, I think um, females have struggles with this. But men, it's the way that you guys have been enculturated, um, especially your generation. Um, that's old folks that she's calling. Me <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 not it's been taboo to cry, to talk about your feelings. You know, boys, oh, you're a wussy. You're, you're talking Correct. about that. You're crying about that. And so. You know, um, I do. I see quite a few men in my practice and, you know, half the battle is it's OK. It's OK to have feelings. It's OK to connect to those feelings. It's OK to cry um, because, yeah, when you hold in feelings over time, those feelings, they come out somewhere. They come out somehow. And, you know, people self-medicate their way, you know, whether that be right alcohol or drugs or or food or sex or womanizing or whatever it might be. Um, they find something to um, self-medicate with, but it, it comes out eventually. No, I, I agree. I think it has to it, it has to manifest somewhere. As I said, you know, uh, it's tough to, you know, for me, to, it's tough to talk about feelings. It's when I have my friends around, whether you're playing golf or you're doing something else, it's tough to talk about like that. It's tough to go, yeah. hey, you know what? I've got this life experience. How did you, you know, have you ever had anything like that? Have you, how did you cope with that? Yeah, yeah. It's men have it really have had it really tough, I think. I mean, I empathize with that, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's important for men to understand the – it's critical. It's essential to be able to have somebody, a buddy, um, a friend, a therapist, somebody that you can talk to and, and be be real with and be honest with and, and let your feelings out. Um, you know, it's it's debilitating in the end when you don't. So I don't want to get into, like, marriage counseling or anything else, but I think that – do you think that lends into – also with your spouse, because a lot of guys don't want to really talk about money problems with their wife. You know, they don't want mm-hmm. they don't want them to to know what's really kind of going on. You know, they want to say, hey, we're, we're good. We're solid. You know, we got to we got everything together. Yeah, absolutely. I think men, you know, um, 
feel a pressure to perform and, you know, like you said, provide. And so sometimes it's very hard for them to be vulnerable with their wives. I see that quite a bit. Um, Now, what do you think about uh, as far as divorced parents uh, where, you know, the kids may live with mom, uh, obviously the kids go to see dad, everything's great, hunky-dory, but, you know, dad brings them back home and mom's got to be the, hey, the disciplinarian and everything else. I think it's really tough. Uh, I come from a, a broken home, uh, you know, and I remember my mom struggling as well. I remember my dad struggling on the other side too. Yeah, I'm sure they were both struggling so much, right? And it's that's, that's a tough dynamic. But, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the kids learning the messages that it's okay to have feelings and it's okay. Moms, I feel like in, again, in the older generation, were probably the caretakers of that. Right. Right. And the dads were more just, you know, this is what we do. This is how, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, men have that unique struggle of I'm not supposed to have feelings. And, and what I see with a lot of females, and of course I'm, I'm stereotyping here, but, um, you know, on the whole, um, women are more enculturated to be people pleasing. You know, right. You know, you're supposed to be sweet. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to please people. That's that's, you know, as a female in this it's ingrained in the female culture. Correct. So it's 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 a little bit of the opposite. So with females, when they're coming in, um, one of the big issues I see with so many women is, you know, um, you know, this pressure to people please and, and to be sweet and nice. And so I'm like working with them on how can we be authentic and kind and Learn how to express what you feel in an appropriate and, you know, kind way um, without being, you know, worried about sweet and nice. And so how do you set boundaries? How do you advocate for yourself? How do you have hard conversations? And a lot of um, women and men, this is, you know, across the board, have a hard time with those things. And so we work on that. It's tough subjects to talk about. It is. Yeah. And so, like. Um, when people learn those skills, what they find is that their sense of self starts to go up and their anxiety starts to go down and the, t- the depression starts to subside. So uh, do you feel, I guess let me let me just kind of ask you, uh, what do you see most of? I mean, what you obviously you deal with this every day. What kind of, I don't want to say problems, what kind of illness, what kind of issues do you see a lot of people have? Do they just want to come in and talk? Is it something like, hey, these some people are really messed up and they need help? You know, where, where, what do you see, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I Sorry to generalize that. It's not, it, yeah, you know. no, it's... I mean, I, I would say the most, the most common things that people come in presenting with are I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling depressed, right? People come in um, because of relationship problems. People come in because of, you know, struggling with their, their child and, and they want parenting help, um, behavior issues with kids or teens more. You know, I work with teens personally and, and their parents and adults and families and couples... Um, I don't work with littles myself, but um, some of the people in my practice do. But, you know, people come in for all sorts of reasons, right? One of the questions I like to say is what brought you, what was the last straw that made you pick up the phone to call to make this appointment? Because that really gives you an, you know, an idea of what was, why are they here? And, And then from there, once we start peeling the onion, so to speak, we find out there's usually a lot of stuff that they didn't know they needed to address. Sure. No, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we got another segment coming up. Hang with us some okay. more. All right. Fantastic, folks. We're visiting with Carrie McKnight, licensed clinical social worker, also psychotherapist and co-director of West County Behavioral Health. This is, of course, KMOX is at your service. We'll be back after this.
Welcome back, everyone. 848 your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. This is KMOX's At Your Service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair, and we're talking a little mental health. Carrie McKnight has been kind enough to hang out with us here tonight. She is a licensed clinical social worker, also a psychotherapist and co-director of West County Behavioral Health. Again, Carrie, thanks so much. I can't thank you enough for uh, hanging out with us and just uh, kind of help dispel some of the myths and things like that about mental health and, and bringing it kind of the forefront. you got to come back and join us. You're going to have to do that. It's my pleasure. I mean, I again, I, I love talking about these topics. and It's I'm, like I'm getting a free session right here, <laughs> so it's perfect for me. It's anything I can do to help, you know, spread the word about these things. I, I love talking about it, so thanks. Well, I, one of the things I wanted to ask, and, and again, I don't write many questions down because I'm just a, a curious guy and I just go off on tangents and things like that, but one of the things I wrote down is, you know, for, for folks out there that think they may need some help, what, you know, what is the right time to seek help? What is the right time to say, hey, look, should I really see somebody? Should I check into that? You know, as soon as you start to realize that, as soon as you start to have that thought process, it's probably time. Come on, I'm a guy. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the one of the biggest things that happens is when people finally make the call. And I give people so much credit because that first call is so scary for so many people to make. Um, making that first call is probably the hardest step. And um, But when, when people make that call and we start having that conversation, the most common thing I hear is that I've been wanting to do this for so long. I've been so scared, you know. Um, and by the time that they come in, you know, they're, they're in such crisis typically. Right. That we've got to spend a lot of time just putting out the fires before we can even get to the heart of the matter and the roots of the issue. As you said, the emotions are coming out, so that That's you right. know, it it just boils over. That's right. It it, it comes out. So you know, when I, I, my advice would be, you know, as soon as you start recognizing like things aren't going the way I want them to go, I'm not feeling peace in my life. I'm not feeling, you know, it's. It, that's a, that's a great point right there. I'm not feeling peace in my yeah. life. I'm probably going to steal that, by the way. Okay. But I think that's I, I think that's great. You know, hey, you know what? The balance the balance is off. The mm-hmm. harmony is the not there. Is off. Yep. So yeah, it, make the call. We're not scary. You know, um, it's you know it's everybody when they come is, is so happy. They're like, gosh, I wish I would have done this sooner. So if you're feeling scared and you 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 feel hesitant don't don't hold back just make that call and you know get the help it, it just it everything your life will work so much better so let me ask you this what you know here i am i'm i'm a i'm a big old guy and and hey i want to really you know not feeling not feeling the best the balance off is it something i should talk to my family doctor about before i before i come see somebody or have somebody that you know he recommends is it something that i should just like go through the I can't say yellow pages anymore, but, you know, go through Google and, and Google somebody. I mean, what, you know, I guess what are the steps that uh, what are the steps that you that you should try to do? You know, I, you know, I think people can. Um, honestly, the, the best way to do it, I think, is to ask, ask a friend, ask someone you trust. Hey, do you, you know, do you have a therapist? Do you know someone who's seeing a therapist? You know, get that word of mouth because when you when you just Google somebody, you don't, you know. Right, it, exactly. It, it's tough, right? I mean, a doctor, someone you trust, um, see who they know. A lot of physicians have relationships with therapists, and so, you know, a, a doctor, a friend, you know. But I would ask, I would get that word of mouth referral, um, you know, so you're not just picking somebody off the Internet. No, uh, I Man, I just lost my train of thought. But, you know, mental health also 
has an effect on your physical health as well. Sure. So do you think that there's, you know, when you go see your doctor, like, hey, you know, I'm not feeling so good and this, it, it, a, a lot of doctors, you know, they, they're on a time schedule, but I mean, hopefully they talk about that. Uh, is it, do, do you see that at all? That the doctors are... Well, I mean, like somebody is, uh, you know, kind of physically ill, yeah. but mm-hmm. it really stems from more mental of health. a, I, I don't want to say a mental condition, but I mean, you know, some underlying problems, some personal issues or things like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yes, the answer is yes. There's, there's, there's a lot of that. There's, um, there's a, another really great book, The Body Keeps the Score um, by Bessel van der Kolk, and it's amazing. And he talks about this, right? Like our bodies hold all of the emotions, all of the traumas, and it does show up in our bodies in different ways. And so, yeah, it's really common for people who have mental traumas or mental, you know, dealing with mental health issues to also have it, you know, show up in a somatic way. That's really, really common, you know, so. Well, what about uh, one of the big things that that I try to keep I'm trying to work harder on it so uh, is, uh, is I'm not so stressed. I think stress adds a lot to uh, people's plates today, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be kids, whether it be your kids' academics, whether it's your job, um, you know, whatever. Nobody knows what it is. You don't, you're not secure anymore, it seems like. So I, I think there's a lot of stress on people. Do you see that festering into other stuff? Oh, sure. Right. I think, you know, a lot of people aren't prioritizing their own self-care. And so the stress that they're taking on... Um, and, and then just not prioritizing their self-care, it just, it, it boils over, right? So self-care, it's just such a basic, basic concept, but so many people don't know how to prioritize that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I couldn't tell you that because look, you know, I'm, again, I'm a guy, I'm not going to the doctor unless, right. and, and, you know, unless yeah. I'm on a stretcher or mm-hmm. I, I was sick last week and had to go to the doctor and it about killed me just going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's tough to, it's, it's tough to put all that together. Yeah, it is. It's it's tough for people to prioritize that, right? And it's not just going to the doctor. Sometimes it's, you know, taking a walk and, and finding a way to move your body and just exercise and blow, you know, get your endorphins up and, and, and move, right? That can be amazing self-care for people. Picking up the phone and calling a friend, right? These very base level things are so important for people. Well, the human contact, and I think we're losing that through through that thing in your hand, that, yeah. you know, that yeah. constant, constant yeah. reminder in your hand. I a think real we're person, listening. right? A real right. conversation. You know, last Christmas, uh, you know, a couple of my nieces sitting right next to each other and they're texting. They're not talking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, we see that. I mean, right. I remember driving carpool, you know, soccer carpool and all the kids in the back of the, you know, back of the SUV sitting back there. Nobody's talking. I'm like, girls, what are you doing? Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's a huge thing. And I, I think encouraging in-person contact, in-person communication, um, it's, you know, I can't stress that enough, both for our teens, but also for us as grownups, right? I think that's so important. Picking up the phone, grabbing coffee with a friend, just that human contact, that human communication. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're definitely losing that, uh, which is one of the things we're going to talk to Guy Danhoff next hour about social media. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit as well. Losing that, uh, losing that, uh, that connection between everybody else. So, yeah. So Carrie, I want to thank you so much for coming down, hanging out with us for folks with more information. Where can they go for you? So our website is www.westcountybehavioral.com. 
So you can go to our website, learn information. Um, you can email us at info at westcountybehavioral.com. Okay. Or give us a call, 314-200-5131. All right, Carrie McKnight, thanks very much for hanging out with us this evening. Thank we you appreciate so much. that sort. Well, folks, we got, uh, don't worry, we got a whole other hour coming up after this. Guy Danhoff, he's over at Missouri Baptist. He is Assistant Professor of Management and Entrepreneurship. He's going to join us. We're going to talk the good and bad about social media, and I'm going to try to talk Carrie into hanging out a little bit as well. Maybe she can add some of that as well. So that's what's going on here tonight on KMOX. Is at your service? You know I love to have you on the line with us as well. We're going to see you next hour. Stick around. More to come.